Welcome to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. We're really glad you're here. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, join us on the journey. We breathe, giving thanks for something new. Even if we yearn for the old, we give thanks to you are ever new, ever inviting, ever holding, ever calling. When we're scared, give us courage. When we're lonely, give us company. When we're hateful, give us love. May we hear the right word for the living of our life this day. Amen. So the other day, I uh, went to the garage, got my bike, went out onto the street, and I'm pedaling down 21st Street Northwest, which is our street, quiet, calm street. I could hear the birds, the sun was coming up. And I was pedaling down the street, and I came to the corner, and I veered left and turned left. And just as I did that, there was a runner coming this way. And she yelled at me and said, you're a distracted driver. I shook my turn, huh? You're a distracted driver. And she kept jogging and I'm like, and I look at her and she's got plugs in her ears. So I yelled back at her, you're a distracted runner. Of course, she couldn't hear me. I said, you're a distracted runner. And she pulls him up, you're a distracted driver. I'm thinking, hmm. So I pedal my bike right alongside her as she, she runs and I'm riding. And I'm saying, come on, take those out. Let's have a conversation. She said, you're a distracted driver. Finally, she took it out, took them out, and then reached in her pocket, pulled out her phone and took my picture. <laughs> so if I'm on Facebook somewhere, yes, it's true. Anyway, I said to her, I said to her, you couldn't hear me. You're a distracted runner. I, she said, well, you were too. I said, there's nobody around here. Come on, what's going on? And she just kept on going. Anyway. As I pulled away, I thought, what's the matter with me? (laughs) Here I am, it's a beautiful morning. I'm having an argument with a complete stranger. I'm thinking, what's the matter with her? She's having an argument with me, I'm a nice biker, even though I slipped through the corner. Then I thought to myself, what's the matter? I don't know about you, but I'm saying that a lot in the last two years, what's the matter? Loss of patience, angry, lots of control, the war in the world. All of it feels like so too much. And then we do things like that. And I say to myself, what's going on with me and us and the world when we're living in this tension that's right below the surface and we fire off at each other? The divisions are real. I don't know about you, I've lived them, seen them, said them. And these divisions are what's dividing us these days to be people who are bike ragers. And then I had a conversation with a friend this week, and he said to me, I gotta tell you this, John, I I texted a friend, invited them to come and play hockey with us, and I said, the rule is you gotta be vaccinated. And then the guy texted back, Jesus is coming soon. This is all in the book of Revelation. The great reset, the end of the world, regular shots, passport QR codes, totalitarianism, the mark of the beast, there is an escape, and it's only in Jesus. And my friend says, I was just asking him to play hockey. (laughs) But it was this long text from the book of Revelation. Then Sarah was telling me about a text that came into our website. This is a review of our church. Time is short in this world. Jesus is coming back soon and is rewarded with him. Repent while there is still time. Hold fast to the truth. Jesus died to save the sinner from death and eternal destruction. He who has ears, let him hear. Welcome to Hillhurst United Church. 
<laughs> and then I'm riding my bike off to play tennis, and as I'm going along, distracted, I guess, I come across this truck. Jesus is coming back. So I had to take the picture, and I thought to myself, Jesus is already here. But anyway, Jesus is coming back. And then while I had my COVID Ontario experience, I was driving around Ontario, and I came across this billboard I know you've seen. Repent, Jesus is coming soon. And I'm thinking, oh my God, this is clearly a message from God. I got to talk about the book of Revelation. Actually, I, do not, I didn't pick this text. It came up. But do you not see the divisions, the, the texting anger or email? the bold signs and the billboards, and all of these have their roots and their grounding in the book of Revelation, the back last chapter of your Bible. A friend who I played tennis with this week, when I told him when I was preaching on, he said, that's why I don't go to church, it's because of that book. So many people are put off by the kinds of messages that are interpreted or sent into the world as though a threat. The book of Revelation is not a weapon, and yet it is used as such. It's a book written by John of Patmos, who we're told witnessed the destruction of Jerusalem, and he's writing to the community to tell them what Rome did to their city, to their world. He has weird visions, he has strange beasts and numerology, and it's absolutely wacky. And you wonder, why is this book in the Bible? Well, there's a reason if you can hang tight. But as I did my research on this, I wanted to know what smart people think. And so I looked at Barbara Brown Taylor, whose book you've read, Learning to Walk in the Dark or The Altar in the World. She's a great preacher, teacher, Episcopalian preacher in the, in the US. And this is what she said about the book to begin her sermon. Full disclosure, I do not like the book of Revelation. That's a good sermon starter. Anyway, I do not like its violence, its vindictiveness, its opaqueness, its psychotic visions, its attitude toward women, its enemy thinking, its dualistic worldview, or its vacancy of love. I do not even like the people who like the book of Revelation, since so many of them use it to justify their crazier ideas about God and scare other people with what they think they know. Right this minute, someone is turning some crisis into a predictor of the apocalypse and using the book of Revelation to do so. I wish it had been left out of the Bible altogether. It almost was. And I want to say, thank God, and we all go home. But I wasn't done. I had to think, well, what does Elaine uh, Pagel say? She's a New Testament scholar on the book of Revelation. I thought, what is she going to say about it? Here's what she says in her book. Revelation was an anti-Roman tract and a piece of war propaganda wrapped in one. The message is God would return and destroy the Romans who would destroy Jerusalem. See how this war goes on? His primary target is Rome, Pagels says in the book. He is really and deeply angry and grieved at the Jewish war and what happened to his people. Revelation has always divided people. It's the strangest and most controversial book in the Bible. The book is the hardest one in the Bible to understand. I don't think anyone completely understands it. That's what she said about this book. Two great scholars saying that book has caused so much damage, so much division in our world, and it's pulled from scripture, often because the lenses that we bring to the text and the desire of our own hearts, whether good or bad, is played out in the world. And it's often used as a weapon, often 
in some kind of violent manner. Often when a pandemic comes up or a war comes up, look what Revelation says, someone will corner you and say. So I wasn't done looking at the smart people. I thought to myself, Harry Meyer. Harry came and spoke in your church not long ago. Well, actually it's a long time ago, probably five years. He's a professor of uh, New Testament at uh, Vancouver School of Theology. And I thought to myself, what's he gonna say? So I texted him and sure enough, he's in Germany. He says, well, if you call me at noon, it's supper time, we can have a conversation. So I called him and said, Harry, you're an expert on the book of Revelation, what about it? He says this, John, it's, it's not foretelling, not foretelling. What he's mean by that is it's not foretelling a problem that's gonna happen. It's not foretelling, this is gonna happen unless you fall in line. He says it's not foretelling, it's forth telling. It's prophetic. It's a, it's a book of imagery and poetry saying, if, if you're living like this in the world, like we just experience, when you have governments that are oppressive, when you have the empire in control, when people are losing control, that's what it looks like. And it's called an apocalyptic book. The word apocalyptic we often think is the end of the world. And in fact, the Bible has what's called apocalyptic literature. But the book of Revelation isn't apocalyptic about the end of the world. The word apocalypse has a beautiful understanding. It's about unveiling. It's about seeing what's hidden. And during COVID, we've seen this. Things that we never saw during COVID, suddenly we're seeing our healthcare system or our politics or our businesses or our human relationships. They're suddenly coming into fruition. It's not unlike in the, in the Wizard of Oz, you know, where they peel back the curtain and there's the wizard. That's an unveiling. There, this little tiny guy is the wizard. Harry Meyer said, it's not like, Mar it's unlike, uh, just like Margaret Atwood in The Handmaid's Tale. She said, she wasn't writing about Trump and that world, but we read it and say, oh, look what she said about this world. She said, he said, Harry said, this is what, what uh, Margaret did. She, she helped us see what's going on already, although she never really intended it. The point of John's talk about the destruction of the temple and the destruction of Jerusalem is to say, this is the newspaper report about what took place when you have that kind of tyranny, that kind of empire, that kind of domination. It's kind of like a newspaper report. And isn't it amazing how we take this book and suddenly we're looking at what happened yesterday as though that was foretold in that sense. Well, I wasn't quite done. I had to go to another couple of smart people and I went down the street to um, see Jeremy Duncan, who's the minister at, at Commons. We've been friends for years. And I knew that he had written a book called The Upside Down Apocalypse. I thought, what's this about, this upside down apocalypse? And basically in his book, and he's gonna come and speak too, he says that J Jesus was a peacemaker. And you can't divorce the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, from the book of Revelation. That Jesus didn't suddenly have a lose it and spin out of control. It's the same Jesus, the same message. And what he's saying is that the weapon that Jesus uses in that text, according to John, is a weapon of words. A weapon of words, not a violent destruction of people and buildings, but rather the weapon of saying, this is who we are. This is who you are. We are called to be peacemakers, to be lovers in this world. And he writes in his book, in Revelation, there is both personal transformation and that's salvation. There is politics and crumbling of empires built on violence and greed. Do we see that anywhere? That is also violence. 
There's the disarming evil and the cosmic triumph of life over death, and that too is salvation. And how Jesus would save the world. For John, none of these perspectives are at odds. Personal transformation, social justice, and cosmic healing are implications of a victory already won. The challenge is expanding our imagination wide enough to take it all in. The Jesus of the gospel and the book of Revelation are a nonviolent Jesus. This blew my mind, but he's quite right. We have to see the Christ in all of it. So when they, we see the phrase, Jesus is coming back, no, I say Jesus is already here. Jesus is already here in the lives of those of us who live with peace and justice and compassion. That's how you see the Christ. And what Jeremy is saying in his book, it is about peace and nonviolence, not the violence that is perpetuated by the book of Revelation. While I wasn't done with all the smart people, I looked at Keith Murray, who's in the back row here. He told me he wrote a book for Vancouver School of Theology. I can barely say the title, but here it goes. It was an essay for school. Image and After Image, Vision and Revision of the Scripted Intersexual and Intersexual in John's Revelation. Did I get it right? No. <laughs> See, all right, shout out what it's called. Come on. Intersexual, intertextual. He's speaker number three on the book of Revelation. But what he was, what he was telling me is that there's a phrase son of man in that, in that uh, book of Revelation. And though we, we often go to dualism, of male and female, there are many genders that come alive in the reading of this text. So you see how this text is getting used in one way, but actually there's a diversity of ways of understanding this text, but ultimately it is about the compassion and love we find in Jesus. So you say to yourself, why did I come to church and why do I care? And what does this bike rager at the front have to say about this book? Well, let me tell you five things very quickly. Here's the deal, God is love. End of story. The God that we worship created and lives and moves and has our being in our being when love is known. And the words of Jesus are a weapon, not in violence, but they are the words that invite us to see truth and love and compassion lived in the world. We are about our uni unity in our diversity, not our unity about conformity. And so the diversity that we see is God's beautiful plan and delight. And so it is that God of love with whom we worship. It's not as though we wait till daddy comes home to set the world right. It's actually the God who says, I, here I am already. Do you get that? God is not a weapon. God is not violent. God is not coming to get us. God is among us, living, loving in the world and in us. Secondly, the apocalypse, as I said, is an unveiling. We are seeing what is hidden. The image I have, it's like a rock. You know when you're a little kid and you go out in the backyard and you lift up rocks and you see the worms wiggling and the bugs and the centipedes? You take off the COVID rock and we are starting to see our healthcare system, see our politics, see our inequities, see our relationships all gone amok. 
And in that hidden that's being seen, in that uh, revealing, we are suddenly invited, invited as human beings to set things right and work together to make this a better world. I remember sitting in Princeton University, 1988, the professor at the front said, and you'll remember back in the 80s if you remember, were alive, they said, what do, you, what do you make of the fact we can destroy the entire world with nuclear weapons? And there was silence in the room until this woman put up her hand and said, I don't worry about it all, God's gonna make another one, which horrified me. It horrified me so much that he thought we can do whatever we want to the world and include uh, killing each other and God doesn't care. And so I wrote a letter, an article in the Princeton News called The Sin of Apathy. And I really believe that. If we just sit back and say God's in charge and we have nothing to do, we are missing the boat because we are co-partners, co-creators with God in how we live and move and have our being in the world. And I believe this book invites us into that co-creation. Number three, this book basically asks this question of you. Who's God? Who do you say God is? Do you say God is like daddy? Can't wait when daddy gets home, he's gonna stir things up? Like Santa Claus, check if we're naughty or nice? Or do you believe in a God who's love and grace and forgiveness, who knows we fall and make mistakes, picks us up, hugs us, embraces us to live and move in a new way? Is God the one who we say, look out, here he comes? Or the God we say says, here I am, right here, present with you. The book of Revelation chapter 21 that was read a moment ago is beautiful. It's your Lord's prayer. God makes a home among mortals. Imagine this week when you're diving down the street, God lives in your neighborhood. God took up residence in your street. God is not off in the clouds watching. God is right here in your street, right here in your home, right here in your conversation, right here in your walk in nature. The God who will wipe away the tears from your eyes, the God who's present in a meaningful conversation, who's present in the grass coming out of the ground and the dandelions and the rocks and trees and the songbirds, the God who's right there present to us, as mystery, that's who God is for me, mystery or the unknowing, as Peter Rollins says. And finally, the, the book that uh, Jeremy wrote, he says this, it's easy to get stuck in pessimism, fear, road rage. <laughs> Revelation is the culmination of the prophetic hope that runs from Genesis through the rest of the Torah, to the prophets, and through all the Christian scriptures embodied in the cross, now manifest in creation. The world cannot be doomed because God made the world. And the future belongs to those individuals and communities, those individuals and communities and systems and nations that move ahead of the curve, trusting that all creation evolves to live in harmony with God's good pleasure. It's easy to get stuck in the apocalyptic pessimism and fear or worse, apathy. But if we stick with it and follow the story through, what we discover is that our actions for peace, justice and equity, for inclusion and diversity are not naive hopes. Not naive hopes in a fractured world. They are in fact the stuff of destiny. 
So for me, this book, Revelation, reveals hope and passivism and love and compassion that challenges the bike rager and the running rager and the road rager to know that we fall into that trap. But when we step out and enter into the world again with confession and an opportunity to start again, we are held and loved, forgiven and set free because the God we worship, my friends, is love made known in the person of Jesus who calls us to the fullness of life and love and laughter, not the tyranny and violence that some would like to bring. May God's spirit be with you and I this week and every day. We are loved. We are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are thinking about someone who might enjoy it too, we invite you to send it their way and help the podcast grow. We're really glad you're here and we'd love to know what you thought about today's sermon. Leave us a review in iTunes or send us an email at communications at hillhurstunited.com. We'd love to hear from you.